Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. From Capital Broadcasting and WRAL-FM, this is Wine and Dandy because wine is fun. Yeah, we it is. to prove it. I'm your host, Jamie Kasky. And I'm your host, Sarah King. And Jamie, we've got a good episode today. Mm, do tell. We're talking to a certified wine educator. His name is Jim Lochran. And he's going to walk us through a tasting on um, how to exactly taste wine. Right. Which, you know, everyone tastes wine. I mean, you can just taste it if you want to, but there's there's steps and there's reasons for the steps. He's going to walk us through that, which I'm really excited to cool. get into. And I got a little tiny bit of wine news. And then, of course, we're going to use his advice and then taste some wine at the end. Let's do it. All right. With us, we have Jim Lochran. He is a certified wine educator and uh, author of numerous books, including his most recent book, 50 Ways to Love Wine More. Welcome, Jim. Welcome to Wine and Dandy. Well, thank you so much. It's uh, my pleasure to be with you. So I have to know, you know, I've been a little bit about myself to you. I worked in wine and for long time as a server, a restaurant manager. I helped catering companies and all that jazz. And I haven't come across a certified wine educator before. How does one become a certified wine educator? Uh, It's actually a designation that is awarded by the Society of Wine Educators. And so how many years have you been doing this then, Jim? 20-some. Gotcha. You've had a lot of different grapes and wines, I'm (laughs) assuming. Uh, There has been a lot of juice that have passed these (laughs) ways. What do you think people misunderstand most about wine? Oh, I think without a question, uh, what they misunderstand is simply that wine is, though it is ancient, it is a beverage and it is meant to be enjoyed. It's not it's not meant to have an entrance exam. You know, it's not meant to take fingerprints before you can drink it. Right. It's just meant to be enjoyed. You know, I mean, if you want the education, that's fine. But you can certainly enjoy wine and drink wine on a regular basis and know nothing beyond what it says on the label. Right. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, for many, many people, that's their experience. Right. You know. I actually saw something the other day. It wasn't about wine, but it certainly applies to wine. And it said you can like something without having to know everything about it, and people shouldn't make you feel guilty about that. For instance, I myself am a giant Tar Heel fan, but I could not tell you every player playing in, you know, spring 2021 uh, Tar Heel games, you know, now that they're doing football now as well as basketball. I can like that and don't guilt me about it, and wine is the same way. Absolutely. Sure. You know, we don't need to be geeks to get by in life. Right. <laughs> but Although, if we are, that's okay, too. Yeah, that's actually kind of the uh, mission statement of our podcast. Uh, it, it is, wine is fun, and we intend to prove it, because that's what all it is. It's just a, it's an alcoholic beverage, and it's often overthought, and people get scared of it. And I'm, I'm like, it's you don't do that with beer. Why are you going to do that with wine? You can dive into it as far as you like. Right. We're talking to Jim Lochran, certified wine educator. He has a new book out called 50 Ways to Love More Wine, and we'll continue on with our conversation with him in just a moment. Welcome back. Check us out on Facebook and on Instagram, Wine and Dandy Podcast. 
Now, Jim, I do want you to tell people briefly about your two booklets and where to get them, because at the end of each, which I then printed this part and saved, you have a nice list of, hey, here are some reds to try that you might not have tried, or here are some whites to try. So tell folks a little bit about your booklets. Well, they're the first two of a of a slowly evolving series, and the whole point was to just give people a very quick read. You can read these books. Obviously, the title is a 15-minute guide, and you can read them in 15 minutes. Uh, but in the 15-minute guide to red wine, for instance, you know, that's really as much knowledge in that 15-minute guide as 90% of the people in the wine world will ever have about red wine. Most people are not wine geeks. Most people don't spend hours and hours and hours and days studying wine. So if you just need to know the highlights, this is a great way to do it. Let's say and, you're about uh, to meet your in-laws. You don't want to appear stupid. You can get this booklet. Go. Right. <laughs> kind of bone yeah, up. Or someone's Maybe someone's inviting you to a tasting and you've never been to a tasting before, or you're, you're going to go tour some wine country or visit some wineries and you'd just like to know a little bit more so you can ask, uh, you know, an intelligent question. 15 minutes is a good chunk of time when you consider that if you really pay attention to anything for 15 minutes, you're going to pick some things up. That's a life lesson is what that is. <laughs> and so they're both available right now. They are, are available exclusively through the Kindle store on Amazon. Oh, cool. So we're hoping to expand that, but that's where, where you can get either one of them right now. And we've got a kind of an intro special on the mm -hmm. red wine book right now. It's going for the whopping price of 99 cents. So. What? You know, what? That's I'm, a bargain. Yeah. That's a bargain basement discount, yeah. Jim. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just get in there and, you know, grab it and, and read through it. And, yes, at the, at the back of both books, uh, we've got a selection of uh, really interesting red wines or, or really interesting white wines that are generally available that most people have probably not uh, tried in the past. Right. I know that you do educate people on how to correctly taste wine. Yes. Can you walk mm -hmm. us through just quickly, like some steps uh, and how to taste wine correctly? Uh, sure. And let's not say taste wine correctly. Let's say taste wine for selection of business purposes. Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Because there are, there are moments when the correct way to taste wine is to open your mouth and pour it in. <laughs> sure. Straight out of the uh, bottle. I've way. been there before. Right. <laughs> Straight out of the bottle, right? After a long, hard week or day yeah. or whatever the case may be. But if you're a, a, a wine seller or a wine buyer, uh, it's nice to know some steps to taste wine that will help you to evaluate it. The easiest thing to remember are the S's. All the steps in wine tasting start with an S. And some people are generous like myself, and they say there are six S's, and other people are not quite so generous, and they only give you five. We're but, not pointing fingers, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. You have to go to a second hand there. Right. It gets a little difficult, <laughs> uh, especially if you're holding your wine glass. Right. Indeed. So, yeah, you know, I can understand that. The steps are see, swirl, sniff, sip, swallow, and savor. See? So see, the first thing we want to do is look at the wine in the glass. Hold it up. Let the light come through it. Uh, you know, whether it's a red wine or a white wine, wines are beautiful. I mean, they're beautiful colors. They're beautiful liquid. And when you're looking at it, you're not just looking at how lovely it is, but you want to make sure that there are 
is not a lot of sediment or cloudiness, uh, that it's clean and clear, that it looks like something healthy. It's an agricultural product, so it should look healthy. Right. The thing about swirling, for a lot of people who aren't professional wine people, watching someone swirl a glass of wine uh, really looks like a terrible affectation. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but there's actually a reason for it. And if you're not used to doing it, you can put your glass down on the table and just swirl it around that way. You don't have to hold it up and you know pretend that you're a, an advanced cheerleader and this is baton twirling or something. <laughs> but the idea to uh, really to be able to smell the wine and get the aromatic uh, elements of it, and by swirling the wine around the inside of the bowl, you're coating the inside of the bowl with a very thin layer, maybe only a molecule or two thick. And that evaporates very quickly, much more quickly than it will evaporate off the top of a glass of wine just sitting still. And so you spin it, swirl it a little bit, and then immediately go to step three, which is sniffing. So stick your nose in the glass, and as that thin coating on the inside of the glass evaporates right up the old schnoz. It will tell you all <laughs> kinds of things about the wine. Okay. So these are all evaluation tools, really. And keep in mind that you're going to learn more from just smelling the wine than you are from anything else. Right. Uh, and some wines in particular are what we call aromatic wines, and others are not. But the aromatic ones are just filled with wonderful aromas. All right. So we, we see it. We swirl it, we sniff, and then the next thing is to sip it. So, you know, take a, take a decent little, little sip. I mean, not a big mouthful, but, you know, a tablespoonful or something, and uh, pull it in into your mouth. And then what I would recommend is really kind of chew it, work it around in your mouth. I mean, literally chew it. And what that will do is it will mix more oxygen in. Uh, it will, again, release more of the, uh, of the molecules that are of interest to you, the ones that talk about flavor and, and aroma both. And it also gives you the tactile sensation of wine. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about wine being full-bodied or medium-bodied or light-bodied, and you can't really tell that until it's in your mouth because that's a matter of weight and texture. So when people talk about, you know, full-bodied or, or the body of a wine, I think the easiest comparison would be with milk. You know, you have whole milk, you have 2% milk, and you have skim milk. Right. So all of those are milk, but they have different a different feel, a different texture in your mouth, a different weight in your mouth. Oh, that's brilliant. And that's really, so, you know, consider a full-bodied wine is like whole milk, you know, or a medium-bodied wine is more like 2% milk and a very light-bodied wine is more like skim milk. I think that makes it pretty easy to understand. Yeah, yeah, I've not and heard that. And then swallow it, because when you swallow, again, you run the wine, and you all, all the time the, the wine is in your mouth, in your body, it's releasing various types of molecules. Some of them are flavor molecules, some of them are aroma molecules, and they tell you things. Once you do become a wine geek, if you get let's say, a lot of flavor of vanilla, or you get some spiciness, or you get like a creme brulee mm. uh, <laughs> note to a wine. Those are, all, those are all indicators that the wine has been aged in oak. 
because oak imparts those particular flavors. So that tells you a little bit about something. It was a wine that was meant to age a little bit. It wasn't necessarily one that you would, you know, bottle six months after after the vintage and then drink immediately. Right. So swallowing it is good, and then savoring is really just sitting back after you've swallowed and assessing it, because wine will have a tendency to stay with you, and uh, it stays in your palate, and this is called the finish on a wine. Now, the longer the finish, typically people think the better the wine is. The finish is very different, so you could swallow wine and you still can taste it. 30 seconds, 45, 50 seconds later. I mean, that's a lovely wine. And then on the other other extreme, there are some wines you swallow them and boom, they're gone. I find rosé to be that way. Kind of saying, yeah, your mouth is kind of saying, hey, what was that? Yeah. Is there a <laughs> wine that just passed through here? <laughs> Give me more of that. Uh, Come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yep. Those are excellent tips. But Jim, of the S's you're, that you've generously said six of, as opposed to some of your compatriots, um, which what's a wine right now, just right now, the top of off the top of your head, that you're excited about that you would suggest people try? Well, I'm very, very into Georgian wines right now. Okay. Cool. Uh, and not not the state of Georgia, but the country of Georgia. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is the birthplace of wine for all of us. Oh. So it is it is the mama land and the papa land, whichever oh. kind of land you prefer to call it. Georgia is where it all began. How and, interesting. Uh, there, there are actually ruins that have yielded wine jars that are dated back 8,000 years. Oh, wow. So... Now, think about that. That's 6,000 B.C. Goodness. You know, yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's that's over, that's about 2,500 years before writing was developed. Yeah, yeah. So human beings have been enjoying wine for a very, very long time. It just tells me that and everyone's the, been at, you know, you get to that point where I need a glass of wine. That I feel like they've been, as a mom, I feel like that's women have been saying that forever. Like once their kid goes to bed, just, you know, give me the amphora. I need it. I need it now. <laughs> hey, pass that goat skin over here. Yes, right, exactly. Right, right. So of the Georgian wines, um, what what's your recommendation? Well, I think the the ones that are going to be the easiest to find uh, are a white wine best. called uh, Cazzatelli, which is actually starts with an R. It's spelled R-K-A-T-S-I-T-E-L-I, Cazzatelli. Oh, cool. And it is a wine that is made in the traditional Georgian style for the most part. And the tradition Georgian style involves a very, I'm going to call it bloated amphora or a terracotta vessel that's shaped like, you know, an old spinning top that is shaped like that and then buried in the ground. And the technique in Georgia is simply to crush the grapes and to throw them into this, what they call quivery, this terracotta vessel buried into the earth. And uh, they throw in uh, seeds and skins all together, and then they just seal it up and leave it. Cool. And uh, what happens is that the seeds and skins, of course, leach out all their color. So even though Cazzatelli is a white wine, most white wine skins have some color. Maybe it's a light golden color or maybe it's a greenish color, something like that. And that leaks, leaches into the wine. And uh, so these wines come out 
a beautiful shade of amber. Mm. Oh, yeah, like an uh, orange wine. Those are popular right now. It's an, well, it is an orange. I mean, this is where orange wine comes from. Oh, uh, this well, is, color me this excited. This is the beginning of orange wine, yes. Huh. Uh, although they just prefer to call it amber wine in Georgia. But, yes, this is where orange wine started, even in the modern world. It started because of a winemaker in Italy, a very famous winemaker in Italy, went to visit Georgia and saw how they were making wine and thought it was the most authentic, wonderful wine that he had tasted. And he started making it and spreading the word. And this was, you know, 20 years ago. And uh, that's how we in the rest of the world ended up enjoying orange wine. Who was that winemaker? Uh, his name is Gravner. He's from a uh, Friuli region of Italy, northeast uh, Italy. And uh, he uh, <clears throat> was a pretty highly regarded winemaker in Italy, but was dissatisfied. He thought everything was too sterile, too too factory uh, manufactured, even though he made wonderful stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he took a long trip to various wine regions and couldn't find what he was looking for until a friend suggested he go to Georgia. Interesting. And, cool. Uh, and he did, and he went to Georgia and, and was just blown away by, by what he saw, and he found a quivery maker, and on the spot he ordered six big quivery to be sent to him in Italy. <laughs> and he started making wine that way. Fascinating. I remember, yeah, I remember the first time, oh, it was probably 2002 or three. Uh, at the time, I was uh, running a wine import company in Florida. And uh, someone I knew said, hey, I've got this, uh, uh, this Ribola Giallo, which is an Italian white wine. He said that's made by this weird guy up in Friuli who <laughs> sticks them in amphora buried in the ground. Well, that sounded pretty whacked at the time. Uh, but that was my first introduction to this. Quite frankly, the first time I didn't care for it. It was too different. Yeah, uh, it's it's definitely got the oxidate oxid I can't even say it now, oxidation it, like well, flavors. Some of it does. Some of it does. But it it's what's interesting is to to drink a, a white wine with tannin as well. Yeah, that's ah, true. That's, it has grip. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That kind of puts your brain on edge. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so, Jim, it comes as no surprise that we learned a lot from you. Yes, we did. <laughs> yes, we did. Jim Lachlan, Lachlan, excuse me. Jim Lachlan, thank you so much for joining us today. He has numerous books. His newest is 50 Ways to Love Wine More. We're so happy you joined us today. We did learn a lot, and I we really just appreciate the time. Yeah, everybody hop on your Kindle and get the booklets. Yes, you'll, they're wonderful. You'll look like a pro in 15 minutes. Right. <laughs> well, thanks so much. It was a delight to uh, spend some time with, with you, and, and feel free to uh, give me a buzz anytime. Will do. Take care. Thanks Thanks so much. Stay well. Bye-bye. So in the wine news this week, I was reading in Wine Spectator and on CNN that um, Australian wine is having a time right now. Hard time or good time? Hard time. Well, it started out as a great time, Uh and now it's gone to a pretty hard time so the fires no didn't have to do with the fires has to do with politics oh i know right so apparently you know we drink a lot of australian wine in the united states but you know who drinks the most china china drinks a ton i had heard that yeah yeah so because they apparently the style of wine that Mm -hmm. they make down there is palatable to the chinese so 
uh, the prime minister of um, Australia went on and just said, we need to find out the source of this pandemic so we can improve uh-huh. on possible future pandemics, you know, improve our steps in figuring it out and make this process a little less painful. Get ahead of the game. Sure. Yes, exactly. Which, in my opinion, an innocuous statement, not in China's opinion. Oh, yeah. Well, they're hypersensitive. They are. They don't want to be looked at <laughs> poorly. Right. So they put a tariff on Australian wines, 212%. You are kidding me. Like, how much does, like, like do the math because you're about at that. Don't ask me to do math on air. Okay. <laughs> so let's say we have a $10 bottle of wine. Hold on, guys. We're going to get there. $20.12. So, crazy. Yeah. So it basically puts them out of business in China. Yeah, which is their biggest market. Yeah. They, they went from selling, I think it was $134 million worth of wine to China uh. to three. Oh, that makes me very sad for them because the Australians, as a rule, seem like such lovely people. I know. So do your part. Drink some Australian wine. You know, we used to drink a ton. Well, not a ton. That seems a bunch, a lot of yellowtail because <laughs> um, my husband and I both liked their uh, Merlot and Shiraz. So maybe I will suggest to him that he do that again. Yeah, pick them up. Sure. Or even, you know, even better, go to some of the smaller farmers and pick up something from there because they're the ones who are really struggling. Yeah, 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 you're right. So talk to your wine professional wherever you go. And then, you know what, Harris Teeter and all the, the you know, Winn-Dixies, I know the, for those of you who aren't in North Carolina, that means nothing to you, but your grocery stores. Yeah, Publix. Yeah, there is a wine minutes. buyer in your grocery store. Yeah. And, and all you have to do is ask. So ask them and say, I'm interested in trying a Australian wine. Yeah. Help me. Talk about a win-win. You're helping them and you're getting to drink some wine. So <laughs> that's a great tip of the day, Sarah. Thanks, Boo. Jim Lockman was so nice. He was very interesting. And probably my biggest takeaway for when I'm talking to people about wine or we're talking about different kinds of sure. wines was what he said about milk. That's a really great analogy. Oh, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. You know, and we need to put the rubber to the road here. I brought in some wine to taste. Oh, this is my favorite part of every episode. Because I planned on asking him, obviously, to take take us through a wine tasting because mm-hmm. he's a wine educator. So yeah. I say we follow the six X's okay. and, and, and studiously examine I agree. this bottle of wine. Quick rundown, guys. That's sea swirl, sniff, sip, swallow, and savor. However, in between sip and swallow, he had chew it. So I'm going to call that masticate. <laughs> okay. But we'll do it all together. So what I brought in is I went to, I've been, for the life of me, can't remember what grocery store I went to. I want to say it was Harris Teeter. I honestly can't remember. But regardless, I got this at a grocery store. <laughs> and it's called Fentini Multipucciana di Bruzzo. Oh, which and is the grape, right? Multipucciano. Multipucciano, and it's from Abruzzo in okay. Italy. Um, I've had this before. I had, We actually sold it at a Seaboard Wine Warehouse when mm-hmm. I worked there in 2015. So I was surprised, and it was really affordable. It was like 12 bucks. And it has a Stelvin enclosure, which means screw top. Yes. Which is nice. And tell us about the label, sir. Oh, it's embossed. It's very, oh, it's very chic. It's very Italian, if you ask me. They yeah. have that, like, kind of... I don't know. I want to say futuristic. Let's just say they bedazzle their t-shirts and their pants a lot. Oh yeah, this is a little everything's bit a little shiny. Yeah, you know, like this. So it's kind of it's a very Italian label to me. Both of us rubbed our hands all over it. Yeah, we it's did. Embossed. It's very it's pleasing. Yeah, it's very pleasing. It's very nice, very tactile. It is. Mm-hmm. So get your toddler over. No. <laughs> <laughs> so let's try this wine first. We have to pour it. That's not an S. And then we're the first thing we're going to do right after that is we're going to. See it? Ooh, that I see that. I see you. I thought about I thought about you when he said see because you always mention the color. I do. Yeah, and yeah. I, I that's something you know I never really thought too much about. Like mm-hmm. I notice it, but you always say, "Oh, it's so pretty and purple." I'm a very visual person. I love it. Yeah. So let's see what we see in the glass. I see dark red velvet. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see a lovely. red velvet curtain. Lovely color. It's a little more purple, though. There's a little purplish hue to this. Holy moly, I jumped ahead to the third S. Let me back up. Okay, next. I already sniffed. Okay, and it. I loved the information. I didn't ask him about the legs, but I think mm-hmm. that the legs are essentially, because you hear about legs, and I kind of regret not asking him that. And it must be now that the legs are what evaporates. So you swirl it to get it a thin enough layer to evaporate, so then immediately stick your nose in it. Mm. This smells heavenly. Yeah, this wine is good. That's why I bought yeah. it. I was shocked to see it at such a low price at the grocery store. Mm. Well, I wish mm. you could remember which grocery store. I do, too. I can look, to I'll look at my expense report because it's on there. At 3 a.m. she'll show Oh, I have it, it in front of me. What am I doing? I have oh, my hold on. She's going to look oh, it up, Oh, my everybody. gosh. Yeah. The synapses are firing. Yeah. Oh, just another S Oh, just not too quickly. Come on, XL. Harris Teeter. Harris, it was Harris Teeter. It Very was. nice. I, did, I knew it wasn't Wegmans because Wegmans has a massive selection of wine, and I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been surprised to see it there. Right. Harris Teeter, they don't cater to a lot of labels that I know. Okay. So so people would look for this in the red, the Italian The reds. Italian section. Okay. Very nice. We'll and have the, a picture, of course, on our Facebook and yeah. Instagram of it. So yum. This smells like <gasps> this has got that Italian leather smell that yeah. always accompanies Italian wine. And then pitted fruits, mm-hmm. plum, dark cherry. Got plum for sure. Yum. Okay, next okay. up. It's time to sip and chew. Okay. <coughs> There's nothing wrong with this. It just went down the wrong. <coughs> Me too. That is delicious. So <laughs> Jamie's choking herself. I have trouble. So... <laughs> Truth be told, I am tongue-tied, which if you uh, – I know everybody's like, really, no, you talk not. too much, frankly. <laughs> uh, but tongue-tied is when that little tendony thing under your tongue is too close to the tip of the tongue. And so it means I have excellent um, tongue retention. I can get that bad boy back into play, and that's why I talk so fast. But it means when I go to do the thing Sarah does where she inhales air across the wine in her mouth – I choke myself. <laughs> so. You have to be able to curl your tongue up. Yeah, I can't do it. Can, this is delicious. It's it. bright, bright cherry. I get this is delicious, and it's and it's like skim milk in my mouth. It's yeah. it's not a heavy. It's not a very heavy uh, body to it. It's light. The texture's not too too grippy. I think this would be really good with a uh, a domesticate. I saw you chewing it. it looked kind of painful. I can know. do that actually. That I, I can do. We know. Um, I think this would be really good with like a tomatoey ragu. That would be really good, or yeah. even a really good pizza. Oh yeah, it would be incredible Ooh. with pizza. Montepulciano is amazing with pizza. Yummy. Mm, this really makes me want some pizza. Okay, so now we've swallowed it. Mm-hmm. What's the essence that we're getting it out of this? I'm gonna say a warm, oh, yes. spicy, a little warm spiciness. I would say. Thank goodness you could answer that because I nothing was going. She to did me. that thing that dogs do, where she looked up and cocked her head. I did. Like, I was like, mm, "Rut row, I have no answer." <laughs> it does kind of have like a warm fireplace thing going on, mm-hmm. like a like a grill that you just pulled your steaks off of. That like <gasps> embery yeah. feeling to you it. You are really you had you hiccuped up first, but you're really getting into it. Thank now. you. Yeah, it's very poetic. Yeah, and so I'm, we're savoring. The finish is still there. Yeah, very much so. My tongue is still lit up. This is a very nice red. Yeah, and for twelve dollars, mm-hmm. Montepulciano di Abruzzo. It, like honestly, any Montepulciano that you can find will go great with any tomato sauce. You can, anything, right? Right. It goes really well with, like I said, ragus. Mm-hmm. Like Eddie, anytime we have pizza at our house, he always opens a bottle of this. Mm. So have to pop by the old HT. Well, I, you know, I really feel like I got a lot out of this taste. This this tasting we just. I did. feel like we did. I think the the six S's uh, certainly work. Would you go over them again, please? Oh. Sure. 
See, swirl, sniff, sip, swallow, savor. We will, of course, post a little graphic of this. I'll make a graphic. Oh, honestly, that would be nice. Yeah. In we'll word s- swag or yes. somewhere fancy. I have word swag. I do, too, on my phone. I oh, my God. I use it very often, but I should. Um, no should. We don't use that word around here. I hate that word. Really? Yeah. Well, it's, we have it's, the, it's the guiltiest. into a whole new topic. It's the guiltiest <laughs> word there is. It is a very guilty word. You say should and you feel guilt. I don't say that word. I try not to. I mean, it huh. slips out from time to time, but I catch myself. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm either going to do it or I'm not, but there's no should. So coulda, woulda, shoulda really should just drop off at coulda, woulda. Coulda, woulda. Okay. Yeah. That's like when we say at my house, we don't play the what if game. Oh, mm-hmm. I like what if mm-hmm. though. What do you mean? Uh, it's, what if things had been different? Uh, what if I had done something differently? You know, what's done is done. Just rock it and move on forward. I was like, what if I give you $20? I like that game. That's a good game. <laughs> I mean, I would play that game. But mainly this is for regrets. Ah. You know, oh, what if I had taken a right here and uh, skipped, you know. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. That's and a I always say story. God has protected me from something in that. So what if I gave you $20, Dave? I would take it. <laughs> and we talk more about this in a different context, probably over a glass of wine somewhere, me paying, of course. Well, here's to no shoulds, no what ifs, and sips, roll, sniff, savor, swallow, and they're not in order, but they were all there. No, I feel like we should have a quiz. Cheers. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.